Hello, this is Amber Philpott from WKYT, and I'm glad you're along for another edition of our new podcast, Uniquely Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky gal born and raised who loves all things about the bluegrass, and I hope you do too. It's December, you're probably feeling the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, but I also hope that you're taking some time to enjoy the magic as well. You know, when I started doing this, I seem to gravitate towards people who have really interesting stories, people who sort of see the world in a different light, and my guest today is certainly that. Uh, you might remember him from the 2012 Kentucky National Championship team. He didn't get a lot of playing time in his short career at UK, but I think it's what this young man is doing off the court now um, that is really considered winning. I'm joined today by Twani Beckham. He joined the UK basketball team during the 2011 season. He transferred up from Mississippi State, but sadly his career here was very short-lived due to injury. We're talking basketball, life after UK, and becoming a man who is offering up some positivity to the world. Twani, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. So one of the things I think people love about anybody that's played for the University of Kentucky is they just love you, no matter who you are, no matter how much you played. When I say, what was your experience like, what do you say to that? Unbelievable. Um, you know, playing at Kentucky was a dream come true for me. And um, like I said, it didn't happen right out of high school. Um, I had to... I had to go through so many obstacles to be able to reach that dream. And so when I reached that dream with playing for the University of Kentucky, you know, I, I took everything in that came with it, um, interaction with the fans. Um, I don't like to call them fans. I like to call them supporters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the kids looking up to you, just um, the support from your family back at home, um, just the support that the community shows towards the um, university was everything that I, I thought it was and everything that I experienced when I, while I was there. And then just getting that opportunity to be a part of something that was special um, that I don't know can ever be duplicated on the 2012 team. Um, you know, some of the guys that was on that team were special, mm -hmm. not just on the court but off the court. And that brotherhood that we formed is, you know, still strong today. And um, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better situation to to transfer out of Mississippi State to to go into. And it was something that. Um, it had to be destined because, um, you know, when I transferred from Mississippi State, I had no idea where I was going. Um, you know, in my head and, you know, in talks with my family, you know, I wanted to transfer to um, a mid-major to low-major school so I can go play, um, you know, significant minutes. And when I got the opportunity to go to Kentucky, you know, I not only looked at it from a basketball standpoint, you know, I looked at my future. What can my future be, uh, look like? I love Kentucky. I love Lexington. I love Louisville. So I looked at it from that standpoint is if I go here and uh, not play second, will I be happy? Mm -hmm. And I had some tough times throughout that um, journey when I wasn't happy. And, um, you know, because I thought I'm a, real, I'm a competitor. So I thought that, you know, I should be playing. I was putting in enough or just as enough practice time as everybody else, um, even working harder than some other people. So I thought I should be playing. And, um, you know, I had some some stumbles to where, you know, life kind of really hit me at mm -hmm. UK and I had to realize, you know, it's not about me, it's about something bigger. And, uh, you know, when that hit me, I realized that, hey, I just need to best, be the best team that I could be, mm -hmm. you know, be the best player, um, you know, for Coach Kyle and, you know, be that ultimate teammate and, um, you know, everything worked out for me. When you say there was a brotherhood on that 2012 team, is there somebody that you still, like, talk to every day or all the time that, like, is a true brother to you? Um, yes, a lot of the guys, and, and not just to say this because of who he is, but, um, you know, me and Anthony mm -hmm. are really close. Um, we were close when it, while he was at school. 
And um, I've gone to see him several times to see him play. I was just um, spent some time out in L.A. this summer with him. And um, but I saw a lot of the guys, Darius Miller, um, Deron Lamb, uh, Kyle Wilcher, who's also featured in my new book. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's a really, really close group. I mean, the guys, some of the guys that, you know, that was on the second team unit, Eloy Vargas, um, Jared Poston, um, you know, Brian, um, um, Sam Malone. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all close. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, that was a fun run. That was a super fun <laughs> run. So you are um, the author of not one, but two books now. You had Full Court Press, Conquering Adversity, Under Pressure. That's your first. Yes. And I think in that book, it was kind of an introduction of you, right? You learned so much about just you growing up. Um in that book, I, one of my favorite parts is you driving through the snowstorm to come meet with Cal to talk yes. about transferring. Yes, I think school for UK was going to start um, two days, in two days, and I still didn't have an idea where I wanted to go to school. I was getting interest from you know um, the mid majors to low majors, um, and Kentucky came out of nowhere. Um, I got a call one day, and you know someone was like, "Hey, do you want to meet with Coach Cal um, to potentially walk onto the basketball team?" And initially, I thought, walk on. No, I'm not walking <laughs> on. And I would rather go play yeah. at a smaller school for, not say free, but, you know, on a scholarship mm. um, before I go walk on anywhere. And I said, well, let me go. Let me go see what coaches, you know, talking about. Mm. So I, it was snowing really, really bad that the next morning after the call. And I almost caught it canceled. And because I, I think the car I was driving at the time, well, you know, wasn't the best. I'm in college. When the, <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah. the best car. Um, but I, something, something in me just told me to drive, you know, through this uh, snowstorm. I got up here, and it was like a, like a shock, like a, you know, dream come true. Because even while at Mississippi State, I watched every Kentucky game. You know, I was a fan of you yeah. know, the program. And when John Wall and all those guys came, you know, Cal's first year, I was at Mississippi State, and it was just like surreal, um, just to be sitting across the desk from him. And, you know, he looked me in my eyes and told me, um, you know, you can come here and walk on, but don't expect any playing time. Don't expect anything to be given to you. And I and I kind of stepped back from the situation and, and I looked at it as if, you know, I'm a Division One player too. Mm -hmm. And I knew from my, my competitive drive that all I had to do was get on the floor, get in practice, and coach can see, you know, what I'm about, what I can do, some of my abilities that he didn't know about. And so, you know, it wasn't a decision I had to think about. As soon as he um, told me, I, I, you can join the team as a walk-on, you know, I was willing to, you know, do whatever. I was, I went into the situation thinking I was going to have to, you know, pay for school somehow. Yeah. How, I don't have an idea, <laughs> but um, I told him right then and there, coach, I'm coming. It's yeah. something I didn't have to think about. Um, you know, this, the next thing you know, the, the news hit the media <laughs> and then the media blew up and I was a new person again. And uh, like a week into practice, I don't think a lot of people know this, but a weekend of practice, um, so I never had to pay for school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, weekend of practice, I was like, had <laughs> probably my best three practices ever. Yeah. And, you know, coach called me to his office and said, hey, we got a scholarship for you. Wow. Yeah, so I called. That had to be a huge weight lifted off <laughs> of your back. Like, you probably then played, like, the best basketball, right? <laughs> yeah, I did call home to my mom and said, you know, we don't got to worry about no loans. You know, my school can be paid mm -hmm. for. I'm on scholarship at the University of Kentucky. Yeah. So you got to think about what I felt like right then and there. That's awesome. And, uh, and after that, everything was, was sweet. You grew up in Louisville, um, and if people followed you, they would know this, but um, in, in the book, you talk about growing up on 10th and Muhammad Ali mm -hmm. um, 
Boulevard. Mm -hmm. You came out of some of the toughest projects Mm -hmm. in Louisville. Is it Beecher Terrace? Is that right? And I remember reading that you said there were two ways out. You either got an education or you went to prison. Yes. I don't I don't want to kinda interrupt it, but can you you open the first open my no my first Mm -hmm. yeah, open up several pages and you will see exactly where I came from. Uh, Right there. Wow. So what, when you look at that photo, and this is in his um, new book, Pressure, um, when you see this photo and that's you there. And me, right here. Right there, yeah. all right. What do you see? What do you think back to when you see that photo? Um, I see my best friend that is no longer with me. Mm-hmm. Um, got killed and uh, murder is still unsolved. Um, I see several other friends that I would play with every single day um, that have been murdered mm-hmm. and some who have murdered other people. and. This is just a small sample. I mean, I can name 20 to 30 of my friends easily that are not here with us. What was different for you? Because I know that's a fine line. I mean, you grew up with all of those kids yeah, the, same the same way. The same way, the same, uh, same group of friends. What was different for me, I think, is um, you know my athletic ability mm-hmm. um, allowed me opportunities um, that others didn't get. Um, you know, I had people reach out to me because I was so good in basketball. I was so good in football. So I had those mentors and those coaches kind of taking me under their wings at an early age, um, telling me what my potential could be, telling me, you know, I had the opportunity to go either the NFL or the NBA. A lot of people don't know, but my favorite sport is football. My favorite mm-hmm. sport is football. And so just having those people in my ear at a young age that some of my friends probably didn't have, and that we all didn't have fathers. None of right. us really had fathers. We all had single mothers. But just having those um, influence of coaches in my ear telling me to put what I could become mm-hmm. if I went down a different road. Did you ever have that crossroads? I mean, because that's, that's tough. Like, you know that you can go this way, but you know you've got some folks that are pulling you yes. that other way. Yes, I um, I struggled with it up until, um, I would say, high school. Um, even my freshman year, I was the best point guard in the school as a freshman, and I didn't play a minute of varsity basketball at Ballard High School because mm-hmm. I was always in trouble. You know, I was still hanging with my friends, not saying they were bad people, but we were still doing some of the things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some of the things that we saw every day, constant gunshots, um, it's just what, it was like a way of life for us. You know, um, you know now, you know, it's, it's hard to drive back down there and, and see kids who you just never know, they standing on the bus stop or they walking and playing in the park and you just never know that in any given moment, those kids can be hit by a straight bullet or something like that. And I, and I go back and I just kind of look at where I came from and they're turning the projects down now. Wow. Um, it's just so surreal. You know, somebody from there could make it to be a national champion, yeah. write two books, be able to go back and give back. And it's just amazing. So that's, you know, what I live for today is trying to create more people like me. And that's tough too, because sometimes you don't want to be that person that comes back and let's say preaches to other people. Yes, it, it's yes. a fine line it's too. Fine line. Yes. Um, so let's talk about that. You literally, you know, basketball, you had um, career ending back surgery mm-hmm. and you go on to graduate. We'll talk about that in a minute. But okay. but now you really have devoted your life to really giving back. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that you really look at is changing the culture. Yes. How do you even begin? That's a big task to take on. Task, yes. Um, I've always been an anomaly, um, like I said, from the time I was young. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, um, 
it's a role that I've taken and I've kind of fell into it. It's given me purpose. And it took a while um, to find, you know, this Twani Beckham, mm-hmm. who I was. I've always been the person that was about bringing other people along. And it started from, it starts from, you know, at UK when you, you know, going to the Final Four, when you, you know, you ask for 10 to 12 tickets or have me have me other tickets you can get. But seeing the impact you have on people to be able to experience those type of things, like that's what it meant the most to me. Like at the Final Four, I had cousins and uh, mm-hmm. my mom and my brothers never really travel out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. find a way to make it. My cousins, big diehard UK fans, they at the Final Four. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they sitting close to the floor at the Final Four. And, you know, seeing the way it impacted them, um, taking them out of their environment, changing their culture, for them to experience something different was something I knew I wanted to do, not just for them, but for people like me um, to go back and, you know, maybe give or spread light on things I've experienced to let somebody in that environment know or see somebody who has experienced it. So it's a fine line between trying to preach Mm -hmm. and just going back and being an example. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't, and that's one thing that I've, um, I've kind of mastered is I don't, I try not to preach, Mm -hmm. but I'm all about example opinions. Yeah. You know, I don't go back and say, Hey, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. You sh- I don't tell you or tell a kid or tell a parent what to do. I just say, hey, this is what I've done. This is how I have applied this to my life, and this is what it's done for me. Now, you can try that or you can try this. Yeah, and I think sometimes just laying it out on the table and just being really real with people goes a long way, mm-hmm. doesn't it? So you um, – we're not going to go back and hash because I think it's painful when we talk about your situation of just, I just, I, I always, when I read your book, I feel how you were connected to this team. You wanted to be a part of UK, but it just wasn't in the cards for you. I mean, no matter how hard you work. So mm-hmm. you, you have back surgery of what, two herniated discs? Two herniated discs in my back. And then um, I had um, double hip surgery as well. Wow. So you then go, okay, basketball is not going to sustain me the rest of my life. Um, I got to get my education. So you did. And one thing that I love about your first book, because I haven't gotten a chance because I just got my copy of the second, but I love the foreword written by John Calipari. And I think that this says a lot about what he really instills in a lot of his players and how his players, but it says there are moments in every coach's career when he looks back and reflects on some of the accomplishments throughout his career. I've been fortunate to experience so many of them and I'm blessed to carry around an unbelievable pride for some of those moments. One of those prized memories that will forever stand out for me is seeing Twani Beckham walk across that stage and get his college degree. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets that said about them when they got their college degree. I got mine, I walked across the stage, mom, dad said, good <laughs> job. Twenty, what does that mean to you? It meant a lot um, because, you know, at that point I changed my culture. And so I changed the culture of my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know for many to come, um, you know, I'm a college graduate. Yeah. Never seen anybody in my family be a college graduate. It was the first. And so, you know, once I realized that I probably wasn't going to play you know, professional basketball with my injuries, I knew that, you know, I had to take school serious. I had to go down another path and not play with life. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I love being an entrepreneur, but I know that having a degree was going to mean 
everything. And I tell my friends, it's funny you say that. Um, I tell my friends, some of my friends who don't have the degrees, I say, man, you don't understand how much it means, how much it holds weight to people when you can sit at the table and say, I graduated from, no matter the university, Mm -hmm. no matter what Mm -hmm. level, say, I graduated from whatever university. And on graduation day, to see Coach Cal there, Mm-hmm. You know, just being there, Huge. it meant a lot. Yes, because mm-hmm. you know he, you see him at the NBA draft, yeah, and he's supporting those guys. And then to come and to graduation and to support us, you know, it means a lot for some of us who got the uh, opportunity to walk across the stage. And he wasn't yelling at you like in practice. So. No. <laughs> and you know, and at my dream school. Yeah. So it all come full circle. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about this new book. Um, the one thing I notice immediately when I hold it, it's um, a little bit, I think, I think thicker than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is its pressure? What yes. What is the focus of this second one? This book is. Amazing. Sorry, I, I, I say I use that word for it, but yeah, this is your time to brag it, about yourself. It, it, it's amazing. Um, you know, my first book I wrote, I was in the midst of going through the toughest time of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got off of back surgery and I was trying to figure my life out and I just needed somewhere to vent. This book is called Pressure, and you know, I wrote this book from a um holistic approach that I've healed. Mm-hmm. I've gotten through adversity. I've um, settled with some, some uh, certain things in my life, mm-hmm. like my father, um, mm-hmm. and I speak, which I speak on in my book. And just the pressures of having to redefine myself after college, who I am, who I was. You know, I figured all that out now. And so I go back and talk about that in this book. And this book's called Pressure. And I talk about what it was like to graduate from Kentucky, not knowing my future holds, yeah. not knowing you know, where I wanted to live, what type of job I wanted. Because it's something that you really don't think about as an athlete throughout your entire career. Yeah. When the ball stops, what am I going to do? Yeah. So in this book, I kind of highlight that, what I was thinking, what I was doing, some of the people I was reaching out to, some of the pressures I was facing, waking up every day with no job, trying to figure it out. And then I also had the the luxury of not just telling you in this book about some of the pressures I've been through. Mm -hmm. I got a chance to interview 12 people. Yeah. And I try to touch on every facet of life, whether it's on, you know, pressure to believe in a higher power, the pressure of money, um, the pressure to perform. um, And hearing other people's pressures and them talk about how they've overcome them, you know, overcome mm-hmm. the adversity and walking the truth was special. Like I was getting healed in ways I never thought I would be healed just from interviewing people during my writing process of this book. And so I think that no matter who you are, whatever walk of life you're in, um, whether you're, you know, upper, middle, lower class, um, uh, gender, yeah. you can pick up this book and enjoy it and smile. Um, taking on a couple of highs and lows, just from people talking about some of their pressures. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I think at the end of the book, once you get done, you're going to smile and say, hey, I can accomplish anything because I now understand um, what preparation is like, what it can do for me. Um, I now understand what um, not giving up, yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, I just opened up Kyle Wilcher's in here. And I, and I love because at the end of when those people tell their stories, it's I survived pressure. Yeah. He's a great example. A great of, example. And it was unbelievable to be able to interview him. And he was the right, you know how kind of when you want to interview somebody, you want to, 
you know, the great thing would have been to interview Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. But I, I looked at somebody that was on my team that mm -hmm. I knew struggled. Yeah. Struggled, um, you know, with he didn't play as much as a freshman. Right. Um, you know, he was a McDonald's All-American. He didn't go pro at the year like some mm -hmm. of his peers did. So he had to come back a year. And then that year he came back, we go, we go to the NIT. Yeah. And then he transferred, sit out. Mm -hmm. And then if redefined himself and became who he was at Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. So he was somebody I was. How did you get through that? I wanted to. I wanted to understand how you because mm -hmm. our stories were kind of similar. Having to transfer, redefine yourself. I wanted to know how he got through that. And so, and with Cal being my teammate for two years, I just you, know, you just don't mm -hmm. have those type of conversations. Guys aren't that mature to even talk about that. Yeah. So you know your focus is really just basketball. When I think. Moving forward, when you're in college, you should have some of those life conversations mm -hmm. with your with your teammates, just to get to really know them. And but that's some things we didn't, you know, we didn't do, of course. But you know, learning, a lot, I learned a lot about Cal just from interviewing him. Where do people find either book if they want one? You can. Uh, my first book is up on my website, okay. Twenty Beckham. Well, both books are on my website, okay. TwentyBeckham.com. But my second book is on Amazon.com. Awesome. That's big time when you hit Amazon. All right, as we get ready to wrap up here, here's some like rapid fire questions. If I say best moment on the court ever. Was um, the fireworks going off in New Orleans. Yes. Worst moment on the court. Worst moment on the court. Um, I When I transferred into Kentucky, I became eligible in mid-January. And this was like one of those times I talk about pressure, you mm. know, struggling with it at UK, even though I was living my dream, playing at my dream school. Um, we played, my the game I was going to be eligible was University of Chattanooga. And that school recruited me. Like they offered me a scholarship out of high school. I was like their prize yeah. recruit. Mm. And of course I didn't go there because I didn't go to prep school. Okay. But the coach, um, you know, was had said in the media how he was looking forward to, you know, playing against me and it was gonna be my debut game. So that week in practice I got in like a lot of attention was on me. How does Twenty fit in with the team? Mm -hmm. I was getting interviewed by all the, you know, all the news people mm -hmm. and I played I don't even know if I played a minute. I probably know what the things are gonna be, but your biggest inspiration in your life. Come on. Easily. You talk about her a lot, you write about her a lot. Yeah. Why? Um, because my mom was a single mom, mm -hmm. um, she got you know three kids, and none of our fathers were ever around, and well, consistently. Right. And just to see you know growing up and seeing her struggling with bills and struggling to you know work several jobs, sometimes not have transportation to get the jobs, and I always made sure that me and my brothers had everything we ever wanted. And we sometimes now we talk about it at like holiday dinners and stuff like, Mom, how did you how did we get that position? How did we, you know, get the clothes for Christmas or Easter or whatever? And she always had answers she always made a way. Wow. And um so now any chance any opportunity I get, you know, I shed light on my mom and if I help her if I can help her any type of way that I can and um just the relationship we have is is unbelievable. For some of the guys that maybe didn't get the notoriety when you were there at UK, some of the guys that were kind of like at the end of the bench with you, who would you say out of, if you <laughs> if you went to the, the court right now, would you school them and who would it be? For some of the guys on the bench? That yeah, didn't like, yeah, if you if you went up against um, some of those guys, um, would you still school them? You want to say yes. You can go ahead and say it. You can go ahead and say it. I would tell you this, though, um, and a lot of people don't know this, you know, the second team, 
we were really competitive mm-hmm. against that Anthony Davis, Michael K. Gilchrist. Uh, in your book, you write it, it got a little ugly we after were, you lost, lost one. Indiana. Yeah, uh huh. In the end, they got ugly in practice. But yeah. we were really competitive. We used to beat the uh, first team a lot. Wow. Yeah, me, Kyle, uh, John, po- um, Jared Poston, mm-hmm. John Hood, Eloy Vargas, Stacy Poole. I mean, we had a good team. And we used to beat the first team, and they used to get really, really competitive both ways. See, that's what so, we like to hear. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play none of my <laughs> brothers on the bench. We be one team. <laughs> that's probably good. That's probably good. Okay, my last two questions. Um, yeah. I always ask everybody that I've interviewed any books that have changed your life because I love books, and I think they do have the ability to change your life. Other yes. than your two books yes. that may change someone else's life, what what yes. books do you look to for um, inspiration? So right now, I'm the, I'm reading well, Kobe Bryant's book, mm-hmm. Mentality. Completely has changed me. Changed because wow. I'm always um, I'm really humble, um, and sometimes that could be good and bad. But Kobe Bryant has you know this the mentality of how he approached everything, how he approaches everything. Well, if his game, business meetings, um, interviews, sure. you know he he approaches with that mamba mentality. I think that's kind of pretty important mm-hmm. for a lot of people nowadays is your mentality. Like, you know, I have the mentality of, you know, uh, to stay focused, stay disciplined, mm-hmm. stay locked in what I'm working on. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't have that. You know, to write a second book um, with a full-time job, uh, I get out in the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I get asked to speak almost every day. Some I can't make, some I can't make. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go home and work on another company and then write a book yeah takes extreme focus and and discipline so i would say kobe bryant and um but i read i probably got i'm probably reading in about eight to ten books right now i love it i'm dibbling diving in right now oh see i can't do that i I need a book i like to finish Uh, it and then move on you're you're better than me and last thing we call this podcast uniquely kentucky what does 20 beckham think makes kentucky so unique what makes kentucky so unique as a state as a whole um, is you have two universities who mm-hmm. people die for. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about you know, my life and how I fit into that is I'm from Louisville and I love the University of Kentucky with mm-hmm. everything in my body. But, you know, I don't hate the University of Louisville. Sure. You know, they're not playing to us. I, I root for them mm-hmm. and I want them to do well. And so from that standpoint, you know, just the camaraderie that sports brings in this state the togetherness um and i know there's a lot of trash talking that goes on back and forth but nothing brings people together i don't think like anywhere with basketball Mm -hmm. and football in the state it's pretty special i mean i don't claim to know what you know because you've been there and you've been under the spotlight and the pressure but i know from a journalist that's been doing this 15 years it is the most special thing to be at a national championship game and realize that you're in the middle of something that has brought so many different people together. And I think I heard you say this too, you know, you don't really call them fans or supporters because you've got people that they spend their last dime potentially. Yes. So I don't so that, it bothers me yeah. when people say I like to thank my fans. Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah. You'll never hear me say it. I wish people went away from that. Yeah. But I know sometimes it's just you know, it's That's what happens. That's what's been the word for yeah. so many years, but you know, I don't like when people say, you know, I want to go meet the fans or 
They make it all possible, that's for they sure. Well, I want to thank uh, Twani Beckham. He's certainly using his story to change the culture. As he said, you can find his books at twanibeckham.com. You can also find his second one, Pressure, now on Amazon. He's pretty proud of it, so go check it out. <laughs> Perfect Christmas gift for anyone, yes. any athlete in your life, anyone really. You know, he may not have posted some amazing stats while he was at UK, but um, I think that that is allowing him to do great things, and we certainly appreciate his time. Again, thanks for joining us here for a great conversation, and until next time, I'll see you on WKYT. And look us up. This is Uniquely Kentucky. <laughs>